So good morning, dear devotees. Um, welcome to everyone and um, thank you for joining us um, in the beauty and the messiness of the Sadaka's journey. And today <clears throat> we have um, our guest interviewee is Sue Ball and he's joined me here in Alachua, Florida. He happened to be able to, to make his business trip coincide with today's interview. So that's worked out very nice um, that we have been able to um, be together for the interview. So um, I'm gonna start off by reading Subal's um, short and sweet little bio and then we'll go into the interview. So Subal started out as a simple fellow from a Southern family in Virginia. Once punk music led him to discover bands inspired by Krishna, it wasn't long until he left 11th grade of high school to enroll in Gurukul school and live at New Goloka. Under the guidance of Beer Krishna Maharaj and Mother Krishna Priya, he built a strong foundation in Gaudiya Vaishnava practice. And, I, and an identity as Radha Gokulananda's Gokulananda Pujari. Later, he married Mahamantra, had three children, and a plumbing career. Gradually, Subal came under the guidance of Swami Tripurari and eventually Swami Padmanava, who kindly keeps Subal from going too far afield. Subal lives in Raleigh with his best friend, Mahamantra, two dogs, and their daughter, Karuna. And he also has two sons that have been launched out into the world. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, um, so I'd like to just start the interview off by saying at 17, you just seamlessly seem to go from the material world into the to the spiritual world. Oh, sorry. Okay, let me try to get you to do that again. Okay. How about now? Okay, great. No problem. No problem at all. So, um, so yeah, so the seamless kind of movement from material to spiritual. So I'm curious, growing up, if you had any clues in your life that would have led you to believe that you were destined to become a spiritual <laughs> seeker, practitioner? I don't think so. I mean, nothing that really jumps out. Um, I think everybody has some inkling of spirituality. Um, but I didn't really uh, have anything significant. I was just a regular person, you know, and I just came into contact with Krishna consciousness. My friends in high school were into particular type of punk rock music. And many of my friends were chanting on Jaffa beads and had visited temples in some place or another. And there were some bands that, that sang about those topics and so, those are my friends and they encouraged me to go check out the temple. The temple that was closest was Nugaloka. So I did that and, and it was fine. I didn't have to overcome anything major. Wow, so, so leaving, leaving your ordinary life was nothing, nothing difficult. No, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like my ordinary life. You know, just like Padmanabha Swami says, one day you're in the kirtan in the temple and you think, huh, how did I get here? I'm not sure, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> so that was my experience um, as well. Some devotees came to my town and uh, they had some business to do there and they invited us to their hotel for kirtan and prasadam. And they said, ask me, what are you doing with your life? And I said, no, oh, nothing. I just go to school and and they said, well, we have a school at the, at the temple, so why don't you just go to school there? And so my response was, sure. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. 
it sounds it sounds very very much like Carnamrita's um oh, he he, just so seamless like going to the temple and just yeah I'm not doing anything else with my life why not you yeah. know kind of thing yeah. and and I just always really appreciate that wow to be able to just walk it was just like walking into another room for you and it wasn't so hard but what was it that attracted you it wasn't anything particular to be honest the philosophy part I really appreciated um not the really detailed philosophy, but the fact that Krishna conscious philosophy, you could apply to your life seven days a week. And that was like the really basic understanding that I had. Mm. Okay, I've met lots of Christian people or people that had some inkling of some philosophy, um, but you basically would put that philosophy on at times and use it mm. or practice it. And at the rest of your life, you wouldn't. And so that was the thing that it, I thought was really interesting about devotees that mm -hmm. I had read and, and the very little I understood of the philosophy is that you do this philosophy when you're awake, when you're at work, when you're asleep, you just do it all the time. And so that was kind of with punk rock music, I wanted to protest everything, but you can't, you know, protest all the time and you have to work and you have to do all the things. And I was already a vegetarian um, at that time. So it just made sense, like it just made sense to do. How, what had attracted you to being a vegetarian? What? My teacher in high school was a vegetarian and we had a public speaking class. So we would debate all types of things just for practice, for fun. And so she loved to debate vegetarianism wow. and nobody could defeat her argument. So like the environment and the animals get tortured and health and like for every angle it made sense to be a vegetarian and nobody could defeat her arguments so I thought well yeah why would you want to hurt animals that doesn't make any sense if you don't have to that's silly you know I never thought of it before like if it hurts animals and you can eat beans and plants and stuff mm -hmm. just do that so then I I mean that wasn't hard either I just became a vegetarian one day oh oh so what was it like growing up in a Southern fam family that, what, what was the religion that you grew up in? We were nominal Christians, but we weren't actively engaged. They sent me to church sometimes on um, Sundays, mainly to, so they could have some quiet time. They sent <laughs> us on the church bus. Um, but it was fine. You know, it was a nice family. We were all uh, outdoors people. Like we, camp all the time and do outdoors activities it was a it was a good upbringing a little rough around the edges but overall overall good rough around the edges in what way you know just um <laughs> if anybody's familiar with southern culture it's like kind of gruff and not super open-minded you know but not mean or hateful or anything like that kind of like just rough and tough type of environment um you know i appreciated country music and and that type of things until later in high school then i got into punk rock music and i wanted to reinvent myself and be whatever something different mm. so you know kind of standard teenage stuff so so tell me how you actually yeah your story about you they said, come so, go to school in the yeah, temple. So, so, so it's a good what? story. At least I'm happy with how it played out. I was uh, with my punk rock friends and we were doing all of our punk rock stuff and having fun. And I didn't really care about school at all. I just went there because that's what you had to do during the day. Um, and so I... I can't remember what happened first. Jagannath and Prajuma came to my town, I think happened first. And um, or maybe it happened second. But in any case, they came and, and we had kirtan and they made kofta balls um, on bread, like sandwiches and mm -hmm. halava. And, and we just did kirtan with a little Casio keyboard in the hotel. And it was a great experience and they're really nice. And that's when they said, you. If you're not doing much you know why don't you just come and live in the temple 
and you can go to school there. We have a school. I didn't know what that meant. Like, I, you know, it didn't matter because I didn't care about school that much anyway. Um, so that happened. And I realized, well, this could be a possibility for me. I was living with my grandparents at the time. Um, because? So I just had some trouble at home. Um, it wasn't too bad, but, you know, at a certain point, like, teenagers need to be away from their parents mm. <laughs> you know it kind of happened with my boys at a certain point it was like they're not getting into trouble they're not doing anything wrong but there's going to be some friction here just because mm. so that was kind of the scenario um so then I called the temple Nugaloka phone number I got it from one of the books I called the phone number and Mother Christian Pre answered the phone you know, just my chance. And I, and I said, Hey, um, I'm living here in Virginia beach and I've been chanting for a while. And I read, you know, and told her kind of about my lifestyle and I'm thinking about moving in the temple or doing something, you know, I don't know, I'm going to do something. So she said, Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Why don't you come out down to the temple and I'll teach you to be a Pujari. So I said, all right, that sounds great. I had no idea what a pujari was, but I figured that must be what they do at the temple. <laughs> so, so I had my car and I drove it to New Beloka and I had made arrangements to meet Krishna Priya there. And I brought a handful of my friends. Actually, one of them was Rangadevi, now that I think of it. Oh, uh, okay. she, yeah. She, yeah, she came with me that first trip because she lived down the street from me. Well, you know, a bunch of us joined. So, some of my other friends also ended up living at Nugaloka at that time. But I drove my car there with a bunch of friends in it and uh, met Krishna Priya. And she said, well, let's go upstairs and see the deities. And I didn't know what a deity was. I had no clue. I, I didn't know. So she took me upstairs and she said, here's Radha Golokananda. And, and she folded her hands. So I folded my hands and she said, this is great. You know, like, whatever we worship them and um basically the sum of the weekend i met beer krishna Maharaj there i guess everybody agreed it would be a good idea for me to move in there and so i said all right well let me go back home and get my clothes so that was kind of the the arrangement you know they were going to uh, figure out some way for me to go to gurukul because i had one year of high school left and i was going to learn to be a pujari so I went home and got my clothes. My car didn't make it all the way home. It like it broke halfway home. Wow. But it wasn't a big deal. You know, like <laughs> my dad picked me up. I went home and got my clothes. And then So what was your dad's? Well, my dad wasn't too happy about it because he didn't know what I was getting into. And mm. he wasn't active in church, but there was a church down the street. So he went down there and he told the pastor, hey, look, my son is uh, going to move into the Hare Krishna temple. And I'm not too happy about that. What should I do? And the, um, the pastor, the preacher said, well, have him come down and I'll, I'll talk to him. So I went down there and I talked to the preacher. You know, it was like kind of a low pressure thing. And he asked me questions like, why do you want to move there? You know, what's your goal? What's attracted? You know, what's going on with those people? Will you have the ability to leave? And so I just answered all his questions to the best of my ability. I don't really remember what they were now. Mm. Um, so then I went home back to my grandmother's house then my dad went there and talked to that preacher and then he called me and I talked to my dad and I said well what did the preacher say and my dad said the preacher said he thought that you should move there he said he thought wow. that it might be a good experience for you wow. um, that he doesn't think you'll stay there very long but if, if you don't try it it'll always be something in the back of your mind maybe he said, so he said, you should go ahead and go. So then my dad had to write a special note because I was a minor right. and um, gave that to Krishna Priya. I guess he dropped me off. Somehow or other, I got there <laughs> and I had a special note from my father saying it was okay for me to live at the temple wow. and that Krishna Priya would be in charge of me. Amazing. Uh, so she was for, for many years. So what was your experience going from a public school where, <laughs> where you know it's yeah. like anything goes and yeah. then you're gonna you were with I guess Irmala was yeah I was at Irmala school. school so yeah. every morning we'd go to the morning program eat breakfast and then just walk down the hill 
to her school, you know, stay there and, uh, and, and learn regular subjects, you know, uh, high school subjects. But I also had to take Bhagavad Gita class and I couldn't pronounce Bhagavad Gita. I had never read the <laughs> Bhagavad Gita. And so immediately I was failing Bhagavad Gita because I didn't know who Dhritarashtra was. I, I didn't have a clue, but there was another fellow there named Nima. He sat next to me. He was five. Nima was five and I was 17. And so I realized that I was going to fail Bhagavad Gita. So then I just cheated off his test because we had to take a Bhagavad Gita test. So when he wasn't looking, I just wrote everything that he wrote on his Bhagavad Gita test. And I assume we both passed. <laughs> Um, but I cheated my way through Bhagavad Gita. With a five-year-old. With a five-year-old, Nima. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah, it was different. It was a good experience, though. But it was different. Oh, my. So then, and then you became a Pujari. Yeah, that's right. So that was July 1995. I moved in the temple on my father's birthday. That's how I can remember Wow, um, his birthday present. Yeah, his birthday present. <laughs> so I moved in the temple, and uh, and I just took up doing all the things that we did. We went to the morning program. We um, they heated the whole place and the water with the wood stove at that time. So I already had skills with chopping wood and doing outdoor stuff, mm. and I had already experience with doing some construction type of stuff because that's what my father did. So I immediately just fell in to doing all. The things that needed to be done um which i still do to this day that's just kind of my nature mm. so i did all those things uh, morning program was great there were many devotees at the morning program in those those yeah. years from the school and, and from the community and um and of course i immediately began learning to do didi seva with christian priya so i would help her and you know she'd do things when i moved in the temple originally she had a broken leg so she had to sit on a lawn chair and, and I would just give her a hand with different things and mm. she would talk to me um yeah so then I would do DD service and I just became more and more attached to that and she would really get into the intricacies of the um like what we're meditating on when we're worshiping Radha and Krishna um not just like we do this and then we say this mantra and then like it was it was great. I mean, she was really teaching me how she worships Radha and Krishna, mm. um, and and this whole place is Radha and Krishna's temple, and Radha Golokananda are in charge here, and our only business is to make them happy, and and it just all made sense to me. Like, yeah, we're worshiping them, and she said, some people say we worship Radha and Krishna in the mood of Lakshmi Narayan. And she would laugh because that's what you hear yeah. you know when you're cooking you got to clean everything because it's like yeah but she laughed and she said that's not true we worship in the mood of Vrindavan so that kind of set the tone, the tone for me yeah. we worship in the mood of Vrindavan but we stay clean at least like uh like we would do in Vaikuntha mm. so then after uh I guess I had to wait one year so then the next year um I got Harinam initiation and um they gave me a few more duties and a new name and then just shortly after that i i got um diksha mantras and so then um i was able to uh, right away start doing pujari work and help cooking lunch and uh, you know actually cooking so that's was kind of my thing i would cook and and do deity worship and work outside and were you satisfied with that life? I loved it. It was the best. Wow. Yeah, it was the best. Wow. You know, go to bed early, wake up early. Yeah, it was tons of fun for me. I didn't feel like I was missing out on all the teenage activities. It didn't Amazing. even cross my mind. Amazing. Um, you know, but you and I had talked about this. Like, it wasn't a hard transition for me. So it seems obvious looking back now. I must have been picking up where I left off. You know, I had had got some, yeah, some, uh, you Sukriti know, some Sukriti and, and, yeah. and some uh, ideas about about bhakti and and natural worship of Krishna, and so then I could just pick pick that up kind of without a lot of struggle. Um, doesn't mean I was good at it, <laughs> but it came naturally at least. 
Yeah, so it seems like you came into Krishna consciousness and it and it just like kind of sailing. And then at some point, which mm -hmm. happens to yeah, devotees that are coming back from the previous life, you kind of hit your mm -hmm. your wall, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. And then it's then it, there's some challenge that yeah. starts. So yeah, you want that, to, you want to yeah for sure. sure. So um you know that that was really good. Like I said, Beer Krishna was really kind and very, very practical with me. At that mm -hmm. time, at least at New Goloka, there was no internet. Uh, there were no cell phones. Like, yeah. it was just us there, many of us devotees, most younger, um, and Bir Krishna Maharaj, and he looked after us and took really good care of us. And he was really practical with me in particular. He would tell me, I want you to learn to do electrical work. And he would come down and he would... Uh, help me like work on electrical stuff and he would say i want you to learn to do plumbing stuff and you know he just told me all these all these things so i was like okay yeah he's the guru he knows you know he wouldn't steer me wrong so i took that seriously um just as serious as i would be to chant my 16 rounds and and do all the other things he told me um and then of course i had krishna priya there to help me figure out kind of other things that you wouldn't go directly to your guru with try to figure out and, um so that was good and at some point he said uh well this is going pretty well but i had been in the temple probably four or five years he said you know you're gonna have to get married at some point and i thought hmm yeah i guess i will have to get married at some point <laughs> so he said get really serious about learning a trade um doesn't matter just some kind of trade that takes skills figure that out and uh at some point you'll you'll end up getting married so um which i did at some point they krishna priya and Bir krishna maharaj and a few other folks they had the idea i should get to know Maha mantra which we had already lived together for three years in the temple um at that time the men and the women never talked just looked at their feet and that type of thing but it was still a really friendly environment. It wasn't like cold or or or, or uh, austere or anything like that. So I already knew her and she knew me. And so we both kind of started about that with a kind of open mind. But yeah, it was a it was an arranged marriage. Wow. And we were telling the or we were telling Jai about it on FaceTime yesterday, the day before. We started laughing. We called it a deranged marriage. A deranged marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so so then that was kind of the natural thing. Like, okay, so I'll end up getting married. Um, the temple needed a new septic system, so the whole place was dug up, and all kind of work was happening there. So I would cook the Raj Boga every day. That was my service, and I would get done with that, eat lunch right quick, and then that fellow was out there running big machinery and making a lot of noise. So I thought that looks like a lot of fun. So I would go and help him <laughs> until the evening, and we did that for some time like I would cook and I, I would do Didi saving in, in the morning mm -hmm. and then I would cook lunch and then I would work on the septic system with this fella and at the end he finished everything up and I was out there helping him and he gave me a, a handful of money and I can't remember if I took it or not he was determined to give it to me. I said no no I'm just I'm just having fun out here to help you I think that I did take it I think I put it in the donation box but in any case he said if you need a job in the future um let me know you can come and work for me because i said i'm happy here I, I i work here um but then i guess i talked to beer krishna Raj and he said no you should get a job you should go and work with him and you should learn a trade and, and get that organized so i drove the temple uh vehicle to his you know i would go to the morning program and i would drive the temple vehicle to his work area and then I'd work with him all day and bring some lunch, you know, some breakfast with me from home, Oliver or something. And then I would come home. And so I did that for a period of time, you know, while I was still living in the temple and uh, drive the temple car, you know, go with my temple clothes or whatever. And um, yeah, and then we got married and then I got a different job, always electrical and plumbing and septic work so always what's your shirt say yeah progressive service coming this is my work <laughs> shirt now where I work. plumbing heating plumbing, and electrical <laughs> um in fact both my boys work oh, at, at progressive, progressive now okay. so um, 
Nice family yeah. business. Yeah, family business. <laughs> so that was kind of the thing. So then we had to transition out. So Mom Hunter and I were married and I was working. And so then I was like, okay, we got to figure that out. At that time we didn't have a lot of role models um, that we could see, you know. It's just we just didn't have role models, you know, yeah. exactly on how, how that would go or how, the, how that would be. Um, so then we just tried different stuff and um you know, we lived actually at the temple for a period of time and we got an apartment, but Bir Kishamesh was still involved kind of to guide us. He said, you should buy some land um, nearby and get that set up. And he advised us a little bit on how to do that. Uh, Devotee helped me find a piece of property nearby, which we bought. And then we put a house there, kind of homestead, you know, and then, uh, yeah, had had more children and so we had Jai first and then Gore and then Karuna and then uh, had our little homestead and worked worked around there and I just continued my career and Mom Hunter stayed home um, you know at that time that was kind of what we thought was was the best thing so she ended up having to, to delay her career till the kids were bigger um, which worked out okay uh, it definitely wasn't like the fairest scenario in the world that was you know one one regret that I didn't uh, I just mm -hmm. didn't know what I know now mm -hmm. you know should have made sure to give her more opportunities and stuff but um, anyway that was some messiness you know things that we had to work with and then you got to work together to stay married and so forth so then during that time period so we had transitioned out of the temple we still had good devotee friends. Many of them we still have to this day, Gopal Nandini and Krishna Chaitanya and Madan Gopal and Gurungi Priya, you know, the whole list of our group. Yeah. Um, but Ma Mantra and I, we, we were still practicing devotees, but at least for myself, for sure, I hit a plateau. You know, I was in theory doing all the things that I was supposed to do, but probably really wasn't making any spiritual advancement for some some period of time mm. you know it was it was really a kind of a challenging time because in the sense that man when you study the books and you and you read and listen to these bhajans like i should be making more advancement and i should be having more experience and mm. and uh but i wasn't but i was also really you know engaged with working and family stuff um, and that just kind of kept on and then we would go to the temple on Sundays and festivals and um, my mantra was involved with doing things around the temple and um, but we're just kind of at a plateau so then what happened uh, make sure that I'm not skipping any points yeah that was kind of the thing my career was developing I was getting skills you know we were doing that um, our friends became exposed to Tripurari Swami and uh, especially Madan Gopal and they started hosting programs and so of course we went because they're our best friends you know anything our friends are doing for sure we're going to do that you know um, Krishna Conscious it was our recreation and this is what you know it's what we did so we would go there and we really like to hear from uh, Tripurari Swami and over time you know, we got closer and closer to him. And then, so for me personally, the day that like really drove home that, that he was going to take me to the next level, he was going to say he was my guru, you know, is, um, it was in Madan Gopal's uh, studio in the back there. And, and he made the very, very strong point that yes, in Krishna consciousness, we're going to put out a significant effort but our effort is to get grace. So grace means to get a good association. So I had really believed like I should basically chant with extreme effort, do all this sadhana type things with extreme effort. And somehow or other by my effort, I was gonna generate bhakti or somehow I was gonna scrub my chitta or somehow or other I was gonna like make something happen. And if something wasn't happening, then I wasn't trying hard enough or I was doing it wrong. Mm. That was my experience. This, this is kind of what I thought. 
And so that was a total game changer for me. You say you remember that. Oh, I totally remember that, I, that moment of you, you saying my life will never be the same. I, I'm forever changed by what I just heard. And there were tears coming. <laughs> I mean, it was such a powerful moment. It was very powerful, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah Gumar's really affected your heart at that moment. Yeah. There was a total shift. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, if that was the only realization that I have in this life, this life is totally successful. So the realization that you had. The realization is that, yes, we should make a strong effort in bhakti. And the effort is this. We find the best association that we can find. And we do whatever it takes to stay in that association. So generally, that'll mean serve the advanced Vaishnavs, you know, the Vaishnavs that are on the same level as you. You make friendship with those Vaishnavs. And you stay in connection with them. So again, like I said, we had our group of Vaishnav friends and peers that were all together. Um, we didn't have a lot of mentors at that time. Um, we did have some, you and your husband and even Drishta and Rudrani were, were mentors to us. Um, but yeah, you serve those Vaishnavs and you stay in connection with those Vaishnavs. So basically all my friends, they like to do Krishna consciousness and they didn't do any drinking or any rowdy bad stuff. So I want to hang out with them. So I don't do that stuff. And I wanted to be in association with advanced Vaishnavs, you know, like older devotees that were closer to uh, Guru Maharaj. So then I would be meek and humble in their association and try to be helpful and help with anything they needed help with. Um, and then by being in their association, but then I would hear more things. I would understand what they were experiencing. Mm. And, and so then I, I was making progress in Krishna consciousness again, just by really taking that to heart, serve the Vaishnavas, be in the mm. Vaishnavas association, find the right Vaishnavas. So at this time, so. right, yeah. I, I started to realize uh, being close to Nuvaloka itself wasn't the best thing for me. Um, just for different reasons, mostly just relative reasons. Hmm. Um, so we started to distance from Nuvaloka, which is, again, that's a messiness thing because I had built pretty much most of my identity around, around that community and kind of how I projected my life would unfold. And, and at my older age, I would be some kind of a head bujari type person like Krishna Priya. And I realized that wasn't how my life was going to unfold, but I was committed to Guru Raj for sure. And I was committed to my friends. So I thought, well, let's, let's see how this goes. And then about that time, my mantra had been going to community college and working super hard, you know, raising the kids and community college and working uh, also at a school, so many things. And then um, she got the opportunity to go to school in Raleigh for education. So we moved to Raleigh and we just, up and moved to Raleigh and um, kind of started over a whole new life over there. And it's, that was a challenge, you know, yeah. that was a challenge. Mom sure. um, was in school. She had to do so much work. Um, what was that? What was the challenge for you? Well, the challenge was uh, really, I mean, my biggest challenge was kind of like I had thought that I would live in Orange County near the temple and my life would be based around that environment. And, mm. you know, so then now I was not far away, 40 miles away in a city. And mm. I thought, I don't want to live in the city, mm. but that was all just freak mm. notions I had in my mind. Our life was great together with the family and the kids and uh, it wasn't that far away. Yeah. And then I realized like we kind of had space from that new Galoka framework, you know, it's kind of a, framework set up there and that served a great purpose for us for many years very uh good experiences some not so great experiences but for me nothing traumatic um but then we could reinvent ourselves kind of in, in raleigh and so then again we were following Murash and trying to get ourselves situated as serious sadhikas and sri chaitanya sangha and Guru Raj always says, you need to have Vaishnavs close by you. You know, that's important. And if you don't have any Vaishnavs in your town, you should, you should move. You know, and so I asked him one time, Guru Raj 
well, we're in Raleigh and he knew us. I mean, he had come to Raleigh, stayed with us. Uh, we're in Raleigh, we're kind of far from Vaishnavas, but I don't really feel compelled to get involved in Nubaloka and, you know, kind of what do I do and this and that, you know, what's my best option? And he said, well, it's not that complicated. If you don't have any Vaishnavas in your area, then you should move to where Vaishnavas are. And if you can't move to where Vaishnavas are, no problem. You just invite Vaishnavas to come where you are. And I was like, oh, why didn't I think of that? So, I mean, pretty much that's what we've done now. So we have Giriraj Mandir. We've remodeled the house uh, specifically to make it like a temple. Um, Padmanabha Swami stays with us. Uh, Vaishnavas come over. It's beautiful it's great. space. It's yeah. great. And we have yeah, our space. space there. We have this whole city to ourselves. Um, you know, so it's it, that works out really good. But again, that's things to work through and kind of uphill battle. You got to learn, learn stuff. You got you to gotta grow. But there were good opportunities for the children to go to school there. Good opportunities for work. My mantra was able to work close by, um, all which helps our Bhakti project, you know. We, we know that in order for us to do this, it makes good sense for us to have a good job, to pay our taxes, to get all our finances in order, to save for retirement. Like all those things are extra, but they support our bhakti project. Yes. And then we have a house that I don't have to raise funds, you know, when to rent a place or whatever when Garage came. And that was kind of the one another messy part of Saragrahi was the most beautiful thing and we had such good experiences there with everything about it is 100% positive from my standpoint we had that that place but at some point you know Saragrahi went underground and now it's it's manifesting into our individual homes mm. so now I'm going to keep my house up and I'm going to maintain it and that's a place where, where Sri Chaitanya Sangha can, can be. Vaishnavas can go there and be free. So we do our morning programs on Sundays at different devotees' houses. Yeah. We do it at our house sometimes. Overall good. Um, What's the biggest challenge about your life? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the biggest challenge for me, I would say, would be the same as anybody. You know, you, you need to have people close to you that can support you, mm -hmm. right? And so Mom Mantra is my biggest support by far. You know, she just has a natural growth mindset. Mm. Like she wants to grow and improve and be better. Yeah. And so, of course, she's going to hold me to account. Um, and I'm going to say uh, all these philosophical points are important to me. I'm going to apply this, that, and the other thing. And when I don't do that, which is often, you know, regularly, I don't, I don't live up to what, what I say my own ideals are. So point it out to me, Wow. you know, and that's, and that, that's how it works. And then that's a challenge like, oh yeah, I'm not actually doing the things that I want. I'm not treating mm -hmm. her the way that I should treat her or other people, or I'm not following through on the, on the things that I say. Um, I'm not embracing the Sadaka lifestyle the way that, that I think that I am. Just so that's a challenge and then the closer you are to a person the bigger that challenge is so the person you're the closest to is probably the person who you're going to have the most friction with that's right um mm -hmm. and if you don't have friction with somebody the chances are you, you probably don't even care about them mm -hmm. you know the biggest friction i have person i'm closest to is myself mm -hmm. i i bothered myself worse than anybody else has ever bothered me <laughs> um but yeah, that, that's that's the challenge and then you want to support your close friends you know i'm gonna support my mantra and, and her bhakti project and her you know all of the relative things that you have to do um you know and my friends i want to support them any any really big challenges with raising the kids yeah for sure that's always a tough one because yeah. you put everything into your kids and you think they're going to come out like a certain way you right. just have some notion and that was kind of the challenge with my father he, he wanted the best for me but what he thought was best for me i wasn't having any part of that mm. you know so um uh, mantra is is really kind of the best with really kind of being connected with the kids and figuring out and she'll encourage me to you know appreciate them in different ways um but yeah you have to be open and loving mm. and 
and support the kids. I mean, Jai and Gore both are welcome to stay with us forever, but you know, they, they want to express their independence and try things and of course mm. go to college and work and have experiences. And, uh, you know, it's hard, hard to watch because you want to just want to say, well, don't do this and do this and it'll be easier. And yeah. it doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. like people tell us what to do all the time and we don't do it. I mean, we <laughs> tell ourselves what to do and we, you know, we, we don't, don't do, do it. it. Yeah. So, so that's the biggest one. You know, mm. you just really got to be there for them. And uh, So what are your boys at? What's everybody's ages? Tell so us. Jai is 20. And uh, he's, he's going to college and he's also working and he also does lots of art projects, like mm. working with artists and uh, really into media, photography. So he's really active with that. And he works at Progressive kind of doing media, marketing stuff, you oh, know, wow. natural fit for him. Great. You know, just a really energetic fellow. Yes. You know, just loves the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Positive. Mr. Positive. Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing off on me. <laughs> and then, of course, Gore is uh, really excited to be a plumber. You know, he's been working at Progressive since he was 15. Wow. And, um, and he's how old now? He's 18 now. 18 now. Funny thing is on his last year of high school, you know, he was not getting into trouble, but he was just kind of goofing around. I wasn't really learning anything. And we pretty much told him, hey, look, you're going to have to drop out of high school because you're just wasting time just go to work work hard learn to be a plumber and and you can get your GED later which he got actually his legit diploma did a great job really proud of him but he just loves to work and learn stuff and have experiences and get his money and be able to pay his rent and you know he, he just feels really good he's like I'm big and I'm learning I'm doing stuff that's great super proud of that and then yeah. your daughter. And Karuna, she's a, you met her. She's, <laughs> she's just. She's a wrestler. She's a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, she, she wrestles varsity wrestling in high school since the ninth grade. So she's really physical, um, but also really smart and just like really compassionate yeah. and kind. Also artistic. She's been dancing with Karungi Priya since uh, I guess like three years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, just amazing. You know, yeah, beautiful children. All, all three of them are just and and very very different. Yeah, oh, extremely so different. different, extremely different, and none of them are anything like I envisioned how they would be. Yeah, there's no way to know. Yeah, you know, and even myself. I mean, I think without any doubt, I'm a completely different person every five years if I go back. Mm. You know, I'm 44 now. You know, I was a totally different person five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. What's the biggest changes you've seen in yourself since you've... Patience is a, is a good mm. one. You know, I have a, I have a more patience. Um, I was a lot more rough around the edges for sure. Um, definitely a lot more rough around the edges. And what is rough around you the know, edges? You know, just like not like. considerate, not kind, not thinking of other people's mm. feelings. And I, I'm, I know I, you know, my mantra had to be on the, on the bad end of that. Unfortunately for her, I appreciate her bearing mm. with me on that. But, um, but again, she, she was be the one to point out like maybe that's not the best way to act, or maybe that's not the best way to talk. Mm. You know, those type of things. Um, and she was right. She's always right. <laughs> and she smoothed you out. So oh, yeah, yeah. sometimes it takes a hammer, hammer it out. But yeah, totally good. Yeah. You know? And then of course being in connection with Garage and now with Padmadama Swami. So that was really the, the biggest development in my life, kind of in the last five years spiritually. It's like Gurmaj was at my house staying, and Padmadama Swami came also with him, also staying at, at, at my house, you know, with the five of us there for a visit. And Gurners called me into the room, into the bedroom, and he said, look, I'm going to put you under the care of Padmanava Swami, he's my best student, and anything that comes out of his mouth, consider that came out of my mouth. You know, and that was, that was the conversation, it wasn't detailed, but it was basically like, and I thought, oh, great, this is exactly what I needed. Now I'm the, the Raghunath Das under the care of Sarup Damodar here, let's, 
let's go with that. And so, you know, you know, Pindanava Swami, he's very kind and merciful, but also just like mom mantra, we got growth mindset here, 2.0. <laughs> like, so I say all these things are important to me in terms of sadhana and practice mm -hmm. and, and just relative things. You know, these things are important to me and, and this is what I think I should do. And so then he's going to call me out. Are you doing all the things that you said you wanted to do for good reason? No, I'm not doing them. I'll try better tomorrow or maybe this afternoon. You know, so... Yeah, it's a great accountability. Yeah, it's, great. Yeah, and that's so kind of his whole thing. Acceptance, yeah. accountability. You know, stay accountable to yourself, stay accountable to your peers, stay accountable to your mentors. And yeah. then accept where you are. You know, like I am who I am. Uh, I'm not gonna try to pretend to be something else or or another level. Um, but whatever you do, that's what he tells me. He's like, okay, you didn't make it this week on Sadhana, you didn't make it last week either. But um, at least today be better than you were yesterday. And, and, you know, if you have some trouble or some issues, you don't have to do anything to rectify that. Just pick up right where you left off. Just pick up and try again. Go again. Do more. Do better. Um, so that's, that's a huge development for me. I'm, yeah. I'm blessed to have them. Yeah, totally. Likewise. That was very beautiful. <clears throat> Anything else that well, I was thinking, like any kind of realization or insight that you've had over your, how old are you now? 44. 44. 44. Yes. Wow. So how many years have you been practicing bhakti? <laughs> <laughs> 95 till now. Wow. So that's 26 years, 26 years. So. Oh. Anything that that you really feel that you've learned over this time that you would like to share with other devotees that may be younger or even older devotees? Yeah, I, mean, I, sure. I benefit a lot from hearing your... I mean, the biggest thing is to, to really understand why we're doing what we're doing. And everybody's going to have a different motivation mm. in bhakti. And, and of course, you want to check all these things with your mentors and your gurus and say you know, I'm feeling this kind of inclination in bhakti. And then you get that grounded in philosophy and you'll read some certain books in terms of that and, and really get the whole thing kind of laid out. For me, bhakti helps to be a hands-on project. Mm. You know, so uh, I'm blessed to worship Radha and Krishna in my home and Giri Raj on a daily basis. And so that even though a lot of that is mental puja, like it's really constructed nicely um, with Guru Maharaj has helped me over the years, Padmanabha Swami has helped me over the years and they say, read these books and understand this. And so when you're doing bhakti, at least for myself, like I can do physical things with my body and I have something to do with my mind. And if everything is going really well, I'm able to put my emotions right into that. So now I'm starting to get the, the full the full package. Um, my advice would be, don't just go through the motions. Wow. I mean, I mean, if that's all you got, you know, trust me that I'm there a lot. You know, I walk my dogs and chant my, you know, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not the best. It's not the worst. Um, you know, but you got to keep moving forward, yeah. you know, keep great association, best association you can find, um, support the devotees who are around you, because that's the thing, like, you just say, for instance, so, so the Gopals are making spiritual advancement because they had some great experience with, with Gumraj or, or, you know, with just with Bhakti. And then the Lipscombs make a little advancement. Well, the Das family is going to eventually <laughs> catch up with them. And then who knows, maybe, you know, we might pass them a little bit. And, you know, so the, the tide is rising all the boats. If you, yeah, you can nice. keep your Vaishnava uh, Sangha with you at all times. Yeah. Um, so know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and, and stay in good company. You were all like the cool kids. The cool kids? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, <laughs> I don't remember who used to term, had a term for you guys. That, you know, your, your family and, and uh, Gurangi Priya and, and Marangopal and Krishna Chaitanya and um, mm. Gopal Nandini. They, it was like, yeah, those are the cool kids. Oh, and wow. so when the cool kids started coming to 
hear from Guru Maharaj, I was like, oh, now we've got something going. <laughs> the cool kids. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like the term you use, um, Bhakti Project. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. that. Where, where did that come from? Padmanama Swami. Everything oh, okay. comes from Everything comes <laughs> he from He gets credit me. for all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Uh, okay. I'll take credit for all the best. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a project. And my mantra also, when we talk, you know, it's like, this is, this is a project. Um, we have our, uh, uh, and, and my mantra still uses the term or, or from Guru Maharaj, what is it? Your uh, mind body complex, you know, dealing with our mind. You know, we got like, well, there's a lot going on here. You know, we really, you know, we want to save for retirement and you want to, you know, pay all your taxes on time and keep your yard up and, you know, and do your home improvements and all this stuff. And you want to change your japa and you want to develop your internal identity as a sadhaka. Um, you know, if you want your Siddha Deha, you got to perfect your Sadaka Deha. All that's happening at the same time, you know, you got to change the oil in your car and you have to do all the things, you know. Yeah. So you you have to, like, like Padmanabha Swami says, you got to integrate the complexity. Yeah. You know, like I have all these things to do, but then I turn my house into Giriraj Mandir and my mantra loves to garden and, and all this it's it's like we should charge admission it's so nice out there yeah, yeah. um but then she gets all those flowers and she offers them to the deity and she grows um all vegetables. kind of fruits and vegetables and yeah. she makes preserves and we give them to the Vaishnavs and you know so then it becomes a, a bhakti project nice. and then it becomes an identity right I don't know what it is you get the 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 uh, the small some scars and the larger some scars and then you, you get the bigger ones and then that's your identity I mean we, at this point we couldn't give it up so it's beautiful I, I I just love how you know you've you have really integrated into the world in such a healthy way and you know you raise three beautiful Krishna conscious children and it's just you know it's really a, a wonderful example and you're making and now you know it's like I see you at you're 44 years old and you're just really focusing on the goal of of not just you know making progress in bhakti but you actually have a goal of where you want to go in bhakti which mm -hmm. yes. to me is very exciting to see that yeah you know, that you're able to, by grace. It's yeah, by totally grace. By entirely grace. by grace. Yeah, otherwise yeah. I would have no clue. I would still be at that plateau period. Yeah, you'd just be at that. Floundering yeah. about. Same, same. I got to a plateau period, and mm -hmm. that's what brought me to the Sangha was mm -hmm. just feeling like I was, you know, I still chanted and I still practiced, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. but I just didn't feel like I was the, the dynamic growth wasn't there. Right. It was just kind right. of like it was becoming more just rote, right. you know, day in and day out, yeah. and not feeling the enthusiasm that I felt in the earlier. Yeah, days. yeah. Bhakti is nice and it's it's fun to go to Kirtan. It's nice to eat prasadam. It's great to hang out with devotees, but like you know, something has to call us forward. Yeah. Yeah. and uh i mean yeah and there's so much more to it i mean even in the relative sphere like padmanama swami i asked him i said how will i know when it's time to retire and stop doing so much oh, yeah, work and great. career and all this he said well <laughs> it's already time to retire and, and and or work less you know he tells me work half as much and do do more sadhana and he said well at least work three hours less a day that was kind of the, what he told me um, he said, but in those three hours, you should read one hour more than you already do. You should chant one hour more than you already do. And you should do one more hour of deity worship than you already do. Um, and then just work the rest of the time and, you know, do all your things that you need to do. Um, and so then he's always on me about that. Uh, now he's kind of, you know, relented. He knows I'm trying so he says, well, how's, how's that going? You know, what did you do on your day off? And I said, well, on my day off, I slept an hour and a half later because I was tired. <laughs> um, and I had some recreation activities and I did the same sadhana on Saturday that I did on Friday, you know, like I didn't increase it. He said, oh, no problem. You should continue to work, you know, but at some point he said, you'll know it's time to retire 
when you wake up earlier on your day off or on your vacation or on your holiday or your birthday, you wake up earlier because you, you get excited and you want to do your sadhana and you want to do your practice and you want to spend that extra time. Mm. So then that's what he says. It should be a gradual, natural transition. Uh, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm working on it, but, yeah. but it's, it's teed up, right? It's, it's yeah, there. Yeah, it's teed up. I like that so. expression. Wow. Wonderful. So any last word you want to say before we check and see if that's, we've got that's questions? All I, have. I talked a lot. Well, it was wonderful. So many practical things. Madan Gopal said, I benefit from Subal's association, especially his open heart, egoless embrace of correction and sincere desire to progress. I am very fortunate to associate with this cool kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Madan is very kind. And you're one of those cool kids too, Madan. So um, I want to see if anybody has any questions that they would like to ask this cool kid. Subal, while we have him here, <laughs> captive audience. Anybody? We might not have any because, oh, here we go, Sakurati. I had the fortune to meet Maha Mantra and I literally love her. <laughs> me too. <laughs> very good. Yes, we, me too. She's a very wonderful devotee. Thank you for the inspiring interview. And then we have something. This is from Padmanavaswamy. Dear Subal, big hug from Colombia. And I'm the blessed one by having your friendship and sincerity. Wow. <laughs> Beautiful. So how, 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 what could be better than to finish on that note? Agreed. <laughs> so we thank everybody for joining us. Um, I'm just really happy to see you again. It's been a while. And um, Subal was very helpful to me after my husband left the world. And um, right before he left the world, he actually took you into his room yeah. and yeah. gave you a, a seva. You want to share what that seva yes. was? So, yeah. Um, yeah, the last time I saw Pernarita, um, we didn't say it, but we both knew that was the last time we'd see each other. It was pretty clear. Um, and so he brought me into his room and he showed me all his different spiritual items. And he gave me a quick rundown of, of different things there and why they were significant to him. Uh, we went through many things in his room and, and we talked about that, kind of his practice and, and just different things. and. And of course, you know, his shilas were very important to him. And so he, he showed me his shilas um, and, and, and we've talked about them many times because I also worship shilas, so we have a connection on that. But it was clear he was entrusting me to look after them. Um, it was very clear. So, so I did, you know, they were sent and, and we took care of them. Um, the Krishna and Balaram shilas, of course, went to, to Manangopal and the Rankapriya and they're taken excellent care um, of them and then the the shalagram shilas of course were with me for some time and um and eventually i passed their care on to nam ross mm -hmm. who has friends who also worship shalagrams uh really govardhan worship is for me and that's what i've i've come to know over the years so yes i was extremely honored to worship his lords, um, you know, but I couldn't give them the exact care that they needed. So then, then Namras passed them on, and, and then he, I assume, passed them on to maybe some of his friends mm -hmm. who also worship Sheila. So that was a very good blessing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so helpful because, you know, he had a lot of Sheila's. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, they were right and, at home. Uh, in my, in yeah, my they needed, they needed yeah. someone to. You know, take care of them, and so that was that was wonderful. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to that um, was a great figure it figure out. 
finding homes for them and all yeah, of that. They, they so. find their own homes. You care for them while they're in your care, but that's <laughs> the thing. Nobody controls the Sheila's. Exactly. They come and they go. Um, yeah. Hopefully they will stay with me. <laughs> and thank you. Yeah. And they also did some plumbing for us yeah. in the house, which was so appreciated. And um, yeah, so very grateful for you over the years and being in my life and We'll continue, I hope, yes. for some, some more know, lifetimes. Some more yeah. lifetimes for sure. Yeah, some more lifetimes still. <laughs> anyway, for sure. So I want to thank everybody. Um, just anybody, everybody good on it? No more questions. We'll end it at this point. And um, yeah, just wonderful to see everyone on the call. And next week, I. Um, yeah, I made a mistake last time when I said that um, Gopan Nandini was giving class this week or doing the interview. She'll be doing the interview next week. Um, one of my little confusions that went on in my brain. So, so next week, that will be our sage. And thank you all for joining us. And we'll see everybody soon. And Hare Krishna. Sorry, Achana Siddhi? Achana? Can't hear you. Uh, wait, maybe. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Um, the Tatva Vivek series is cancelled from next week. So I don't think Gopal Nandini will be interviewed. Yeah, no, she will be. We we uh, had um, I talked to Bhakti Ross about it because um, she has she she works, you know, she works in the school system and so she has off right now, but she won't have off for some months so we're going to go ahead and do the interview but we'll finish at 12 25 we'll be done so that the class starts at 12 30 we'll die so, <laughs> at least we'll get it recorded even if hardly no one can come but it's really i think important to get her she's one of yeah. the cool kids we haven't interviewed <laughs> i'll be there <laughs> Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. thank you